to the David Doe Podcast. I'm my co-host here, Peter. Hey, Peter, how's it going, introduce guys? yourself. Peter Zaffer here. You know, uh, just want to talk with you guys today with the David. Mortgage King. Yeah, <laughs> Mortgage King. <laughs> the King of Mortgage. That would be cool. Huh? It's like, a, you remember those old commercials, The King of Mattresses? Well, you're <laughs> the, the King, king of, of Mattresses. <laughs> I'm the King of Mortgage. <laughs> Yeah. That'll be cool. So, one of the uh, the topics today is compound interest and being able to retire. Ninety nine percent of the people, millennials out there, and sad to say, I am one of them. I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but he uh, is kidding, you guys. I'm just kidding. Don't get millennials offended. Millennials are great. So, um, one thing about millennials is a one of the things that obviously we covered and we will continue covering is they don't think they can afford a home. B they don't think they can afford to retire because they, they say that uh, retirement, you need like a million or something, right? Around a million because you want to live off 10% of uh, your retirement or something like that, right? The interest. Uh-huh. You could live off the interest of whatever you have in the market if you decide to put it in the market. Now, a lot of people don't understand what compounding is. So me and Peter, what we want to talk about today is the fact that most of the people out there can afford to retire yeah due to the power of compound interest when i talk to people about compound interest i have a, a wealth calculator on my phone and i was at church the other day and uh this girl was like i don't know like we want to save up for retirement but how are we gonna save it we just take the money and leave it in the bank or put it underneath the mattress we're never gonna have enough money i'm like no, no no you have to put it in the market uh you don't have to but it's one of the ways is by putting it in the market which most people, if you're working, you have a 401k or Roth IRA, right? You could put it on the market and it'll compound. And she looked at me like, what the heck is compound? I'm like, well, let's look at the numbers. You put in $400 a month uh, at a 10%, like uh, the index rate, right? Usually brings back around 10% for the next 35 years. That's close to a million dollars. And she's like, a million dollars? The math doesn't make sense. I only put it, that's like putting in like 100000 or something, right? Yeah. I'm like, with compound interest, it would be close to a million. And then her husband goes like, that can't be real. <laughs> right? I think, is it Albert Einstein who cre- who uh, made that quote about um, compound interest is like the 10th wonder of the world? Yeah, well, well, first off, before you know, we move even forward, we're not financial advisors. Nope. We don't do this for a living, but we're doing it based on experiences and what we've yielded. Um, well, compounding it. Well, here, you know what? Let me rewind a little bit here. I'll just back up just a tiny bit. If you want a simple way to calculate how powerful compounding interest is this, uh, the rule of 72. Have you heard of the rule of 72? No, I haven't. You take 72. And by the way, this is why... I- uh, I have to have you on here, Peter. <laughs> hey, Peter is a lot smarter than I am. So one one of the rules to making money and to gaining wealth is finding people that are smarter than you and then teaming up with them. <laughs> Trust oh, me. Man. That's a rule number one. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead. So the rule of 72, this is just a simple way to calculate off the top of your head. You, you divide uh, the amount of interest you're making from your investment from 72 and, and what the answer is is how long it would take for it to double your money. So for example, if you take 72 – and you divide it into ten percent. Let's say my bit, my my uh, my investment is going to yield me ten percent per uh-huh. year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to double my investment in seven point two years. Okay, so seventy two. If if it's uh, uh, seventy two, if if it's uh, what's eight times eight times nine is is it seventy two? 
That's the wrong dude, man. Yeah, so if you go 72 <laughs> divided by 8. Okay, it, Peter, if your daughter's listening right now. Yeah, she's probably like, <laughs> it's wrong. So, you, don't under, so, you, you guys, you forgot the multiplication tables? So bottom line. <laughs> the right? basic multiplication It's been a table. while. <laughs> yeah, nine, time eight, 9 times 8 is 72. So, you know, you go 72. If your interest, the interest that you're making is 8%, your money will double in nine years. Mm-hmm. So if my initial investment is $1,000 and I put it in for 8%, 72 divided by 8 is 9. In 9 years, my $1,000 will be $2,000. That is compounding interest. Now, that sounds terrible, right? Mm-hmm. So how how would somebody invest 40? Uh, ma- I think the magic is the long game. Yeah. Well, right? Because like, if you only look at from 10-year route, you're like, I'm doubling my money in 10 years? That doesn't sound like a great investment. But, Peter, can we talk about what happens, let's say, in 35 years? Yeah, see, and, and, and just like our previous video, you know, uh, our video, uh, our podcast, the last one we did, we were talking about how people can reach their goals and take the stepping stones. Yep. Same thing in investments. You may not have a hundred grand to invest today, but with proper timing and, you know, proper planning, you can get there. Okay, you know, you're looking at, oh, if I invest $1,000 now at 8%, you know, the rule of 72 says in nine years, my $1,000 will double. But remember, that $1,000, it was a one-time deal. Yes. What if it was $10,000? Now it's $20,000 in nine years. Now, what happens if somebody doesn't have 1000 You know, like... Start let's, somewhere, let's yeah. Say, um, the most powerful thing about compounding with interest that I've seen is the monthly amount. That you yeah. put in. So mm-hmm. if you're compounding and you're adding money at the same time, let's say like $400 a month, right? You, yeah, you double it within a year. But then when you keep on adding that 400 it really grows rapidly, like insanely See? fast. Exactly. I mean, not insanely fast, but in time, it, it grows rapidly. Eventually. So you're, you're actually taking advantage of, you know – Making more money than keeping in a savings account, bro. I mean, yes. I don't even know that's the last time I checked, but a savings account is what point zero zero one five. I don't know. It's Gee, it's like a tenth nothing. of one percent yield. It's really hard to yield. save. It, oh, uh, that's a great point because people don't understand um, that you lose money in the savings account because every year uh, the inflation rate is about four to five percent. They said minimum what two and a half percent. Yeah, two and yeah. a half. So if, if we're doing good. So literally, if you're getting a 0.01 whatever percent, you put a dollar in your bank account, it's really worth 90-something cents the following year. The yeah. same power of use. Like let's say you want to buy a, a pack of, of chewing gum. Yeah. yeah. You buy a pack of chewing gum, well, your money is going to be worth less. It's going to be harder for you to buy that pack of chewing gum if you just leave it in the bank. Yeah. You know, the fact is, you guys, savings is savings. If you're going to save money on – a investment, B investment, C investment, you're saving money. Yes. The the whole purpose is what is the best vehicle, the safest, best vehicle that you could put it on and yield the highest amount. Yeah. Let, so you it, know, we call it uh having your money work for you. Correct. You know, you, you know it you know have your money work for you. If you put it under a mattress, if you put ten dollars under a mattress, by the time fifty years from now, it'll still be ten bucks. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny is uh, that's like the uh, Pablo Escobar way of doing it. They said that Pablo Escobar like lost close to like what was it a hundred million dollars a year 
just to because he used to take his money, make a hole and just bury his money. He has so much money he just buried it. And he's like, he lost millions every year just from rats eating it. Yeah, well, the, you're doing pretty much the same thing. If you're just burying it, if you're putting it somewhere, every year the rats, aka inflation, will just eat it up. Yeah, well, the problem with him is that he really couldn't show it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but we're talking about legal money here. Legal okay, money, yeah. legal money. <laughs> no, but but basically, yeah. I mean, you just find the vehicle. You know, again, you know, we're open for conversations. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm willing to share in some that I invest in. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not a big fan of 401ks. But if that's the only thing you have, then that's the only thing you have. I'm, I'm not a big fan either. No. I, and that's one. Uh, I personally don't put too much money into it. I, I see it as, as a vehicle. So we are going to start putting like a couple hundred dollars a month. So if, so according to my math, OK, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just I'm just using a wealth calculator on my phone. We're gonna put two hundred fifty dollars every month uh, into a Roth IRA that's connected to a uh, uh, an index fund, right? Mm-hmm. So it should yield about like ten percent. That's a, a pretty year. good yield. Yeah, it's a pretty good yield. Yeah, right. Ten uh, percent for the next thirty five years. So at the end of the day, we should. Be seeing about. Hopefully, we'll see around like close to six hundred thousand dollars. See, out, out of, of two hundred fifty a month. A month. Now, you guys, that's putting in like that would be me putting in like ninety eight thousand dollars, and it's gonna bring me like half a million. Right, and and one of the secrets, or one of the nuggets that I always tell people, Peter, they, this is what I hear all the time, and I and I believe it, right. Peter, it's so hard to save, though, man. It's so hard to, you know, just put away money. You know what I tell them? And they ask me, how do you do it? I go, I treat my savings investments like a bill. Yes, it is a bill. You it's have a monthly to pay bill. it. You have to pay it. Well, how? But still, psychologically, yeah. Okay, if you don't trust yourself, auto-draft it. And most of these investments are auto-draft. Yeah, you could go to uh, Vanguard or wherever and yeah. you could get it auto-draft. It's Fidelity. auto-draft. Treat it like a bill, you guys, because that is your financial freedom and your financial future. Yeah, you know, but I'm still young. I'm still young. I will tell you first off, I remember like it was just yesterday that I was 20 years old and yeah. I'm 40. So Yeah, it grows. <laughs> it, it grows flies, you guys. Hey, the sad thing is we're just starting it. Yeah. I wish I would have known when I was 18. I wish they taught this stuff in high school. You know what? Yes. Because if I, if I would have started 18, they say that most of your money is gained like within your 20s. It's just from the interest yeah. that you're accruing. You're making – if I would have put 250 every month since I was 18, right, instead of 500000 I'll be at one point, I don't know, $3 million or something. Yes. Just putting in 250 a month. And, 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 and you know, that's, that, that's, this is one of the biggest advice I could give to the young people, okay, the younger crowd, the younger generations, generation, you know, that, that are like 18 years old right now. You may think that it's not time to save – it is time to save. Yeah. Okay. It's always time. You do not – if you're one of those people that are relying on Social Security and all that stuff, you are in it for a big surprise. Yeah, when it's gone. Yeah, when it's gone. Well, well the problem with Social Security is, um, you know, with Democrats and Republicans is Democrats like to just take the money from it. And then Republicans, what they say is they take the money and they so-called owe the money. Yeah. Either way, they're taking away from Social Security. Uh, the birth rate is a big problem with Social Security. Yes. Because yes. we're in the lowest birth rate now. Yeah. I was just about to say that. You know, baby boomers, de- listen to the word baby boomers. That's them now taking that. Yeah. 
and because of the birth rate being so low because of X reasons. Yeah, because no, I mean, <laughs> we're not going to get totally. I mean, it's not me and Peter's fault. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> We helped out as much as we yeah, could, you know. But but the birth rate being low, think about it, you guys. The ones that are going to retire in forty years, there's not going to be a lot because of the contributors. We're contributing now. Yeah, we're for, paying for them. Yeah. So what, what most people believe is like, oh, I'm paying in, I'm going to take out. Doesn't work. No, like that. you're going to young get people it. pay for mm-hmm. old people. So basically, you twenty year olds right now are going to be expecting mine and David's children yes. to fund your social security. So you guys don't don't just rely on that. And besides, are you going to be okay with $1500 a month, $2000 a month when you're 60, 40 years from now? Yeah, with with, with the rate of inflation, the you're, rate of you're inflation done. Is nothing. You can't yeah, even pay your rent with that. You're done. You're done. Yeah. So treat your savings like a bill. Yeah. If you could treat your Honda Civic, which is $450 a month I think, as well, a bill. What he means by savings is uh, investments. Investments, yeah, yes. Any type of savings is an investment, yeah. except for putting it in your mattress. Yeah. That's which, not an investment. Which is fine. That's, which is fine. You should have, that's a safe. You should have um, some money uh, for- Rainy days set aside emergency days. fund. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. We're not saying go away from emergency fund, but you have to have like a certain number that you max out in the emergency fund. You shouldn't just- Always collect money in your emergency fund because that's not growing. You're actually losing money yep. by just having it around. You should have that money work for you. That's the difference between rich people and poor people. Is poor people don't understand that money could work for you, and uh, they work for money. Yeah, you know, and, and, and you know these are the rebuttals that you're going to hear. Oh, but Dave and Peter, you know, us poor people, we don't have anything left. Listen to the last podcast so yeah. we could get you running into the direction yes. you should be. Yes. The last podcast was talking about using your talents that you already possess, that you already have, that you were born with, into creating more wealth and income yes. with your talents, your existing talents. So you will have money to invest. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, going back to that, yes. I, ha- I have a friend, um, a really close friend of mine. He works at Disneyland. He just works at like the pizzeria over there, right? Mm-hmm. He's an older guy. And I think everyone would be like, oh, man, like you're 35 years old and you're just working at Disneyland at a pizzeria, right? But now he's going to start doing – him and his brothers are going to start doing their own catering company. So oh, wow. my advice to him – Love like, it. My advice to him like for three, four years ago, I'm like, go work at McDonald's, bro. And he's like, what? What do you mean work at McDonald's? I'm like, what, what, what are you taking me as? I'm like, well, if you work at McDonald's, it's a paid – degree you see how the food is sourced you see how they organize things you see how the management runs how they get the food how they process it so quickly where where you order your food and by the time you drive there drive to the front to pay your food's done there's a process yes and that's a million dollar pro billion trillion dollar process right yeah if, if you go from it from that route i treat it as you're paying me to get a degree this is great i mean you're paying me to learn that's exactly what he did. He worked at this pizza place, whatever. He's like, I know, I know how to keep food fresh now. I know how to process meat. Boom, I know I how to do all stuff. I love it. And now we're going to start our own um, uh, catering company. I love it. I'm like, see, there's a system. There's a, you know, the uh, one of the things that I'm really into, Peter, is like, um, I don't know why, but I'm into like black community stuff. I feel like when the black community grows, all the minorities grow with them, uh-huh. right? And this, did you know the CEO of McDonald's is, is black? The first black CEO of McDonald's. Okay. He was an engineer. I'm sorry for being off topic, but this is really cool. He was an engineer 
he quit his engineer position with McDonald's to become a fry cook because he wanted to learn the ins and outs of McDonald's because he wow. knew that one day he was going to go higher. So you're, you're quitting like an $80,000 a year dollars a year career to go to minimum wage in order to build up. And now he's a CEO of McDonald's. He makes like $10 million a year. Yeah. And again, you guys, on the last podcast, we were talking about these things. Yeah. And, and, and see, back. yeah, sometimes it's okay to take a step back and to take two steps yep. forward. I called that the slingshot effect. Oh, I like that. I love I it. Like you that. know, wow. you know, you take a rock, okay? You get your arm and throw it as far as you can throw it with your might. But if you get a I slingshot, yeah, you get a slingshot and you pull back to the to the the, the 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 back 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 until you hit its threshold and you let it go. That rock will go a lot further. Wow, that's your slingshot effect. Wow, yeah. that's the Peter effect. Love it. Huh? <laughs> I'm gonna keep that one in my back pocket. That's, I that's always call Peter that a effect. slingshot effect. Yeah, because I use that in in terms of mortgage when you know people go, "Well, I'm gonna borrow against my house to pay off my debt." But yeah, by you paying off your debt, you're gonna have more financial freedom. Yeah, but I'm taking a step back. But here, let's go do a slingshot effect. But if you were to pay yourself back, you're actually gonna pay off no. your house sooner. So you know that's why I use, and people get it. You know. So, um, so back to the topic, right? It's really important. Anyone there, – there was a story. I forgot the guy's name, man. I suck at names, okay? Uh, there's a really good book out there if you want to find out about event, uh, financial advice as far as investment goes. Actually by Anthony Robbins. Oh, okay. So Anthony Robbins, the motivational speaker. guy's name? I know. No, well, but I forgot the forgot book's Tony. name. <laughs> yeah, Tony Robbins. But I forgot the book's name. Uh-huh. But no, in the book he talks about – I think the other guy's name is Anthony too where he works as um, like uh, a janitor at a school. He never made over $14 an hour in his lifetime. And he invested. He's like, no matter what, like you said, it's a bill. It's a bill. So he always invested it into his uh, Roth IRA and by, into a regular just index fund. And by the time he uh, retired in his 20s, right? By the time he retired at age uh, 70, I think he retired, he accumulated close to $9 million. You see that? He treated it as a bill. As a bill. And 14 it, bucks an hour. Never made over 14 bucks an hour. End up to having nine million dollars. Yeah, and, and see, died. and see. Here's the thing, you know, people, you guys, you got to remember: do not get blinded with material stuff. Know your limits. Know your limits. It, I'm not saying that you cannot have a Mercedes, a BMW, or whatever you want to drive, but know your limits, right? If you're a, a fifty thousand dollar a year guy driving a seventy thousand dollar car, that's a self check, right? You know, if you're making $400,000 a year and you drive a $70,000 car, then fine. You know what I mean? But at $70,000 a year driving a $70,000 car, it doesn't make make sense, sense. right? Does it make sense to you? It It doesn't make sense. The rule for uh, Dave Ramsey, I'm not a huge Dave Ramsey fan. I'm more of a Robert Kiyosaki, like, uh, investment. But Dave Ramsey is good for, uh, if you guys listen to a podcast about money, it's good for people that are employees. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh While Robert Kiyosaki is more like for business owners, right? So uh, Dave says you should never have a car that's more than your annual income. So if you make $50,000 a year, the max you should ever uh, own a car is $50,000. See? So. See, and I didn't even have to listen to that. Yeah. You guys, it's common sense, right? Would you agree a lot of it is common sense? I think it should be less. I think it should be like a quarter. Jeez, bro. If, <laughs> if I'm making $50,000 a year, I'd have a used Camry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $50,000 a year. I have a used Camry now. <laughs> I drive a Camry and I love it. Dude. Here's the thing, right? 
You know, I, I used to work for you know another mortgage company, and keep on talking. We're gonna take a little break, so I'm gonna restart the video. Yeah, and then we could then Jessica slice it all together. Oh, okay, that'll be a, bit, a better way. So just keep talking. No, no, I do. Oh, cool. Yeah. So basically, you know, um, you know, I used to work for different mortgage companies mm-hmm. and all of my coworkers, you know, it's like a phone center, you know, we're, yeah. we're inbound calls. And most of them, I mean, bro, these are bankers, mortgage bankers are making 10, 15,000 a month, a month, right? Always broke. I'm surrounded always by broke. them. I'm yeah. surrounded by them. And they're always like, Peter. Why is it that you never talk about how you're broke or anything like that? And I go, look at your car and look at my car. <laughs> Let's start there. And then we'll, we'll branch off some more. If you want more, I'll yeah. branch more. But let's start with your car. Why do you need a $1,200 car payment when mine is zero? Was it Maserati or something? He had a, an $80,000 uh, um, BMW. But basically... Let's look at it. You, $1,200 a month. Me, $0 a month on that car. Well, I'm just talking about monthly payments. Yeah. Right off the top. Not insurance. Yeah. Insurance is like uh, right, $1,500 a month. Easy. Right. And uh, so I'm already, I'm already beating you by what? 4000 something, you know, easily. No. Not only that, but over 20000 a month, a year. It, just on that, you know, close to 20000 a month. What's funny is at the end of the day, your car and his car will be worth the same. Yeah. And that's zero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? And so, yeah, yeah, you get the flashiness. And I get it. If you have to go see clients, you need a nicer car. Yeah, if you're, you I mean, know, I get it. There are certain instances, like let's yeah. say you're a real estate agent. Yeah. So, yeah, you want to put them in something decently luxurious because you're going to be driving them around. But you right? don't need a BMW i8. No, you, you can get a, away with a three series. Yeah, yeah. Five series. That's what I'm talking about. Start there. You know, do you want to spend your money now or do you want to spend it later or if you want to go in the middle? It's all up to you, but it's a self-check. That's how I started with those guys. Well, the thing is people don't understand is later on, it's harder to make money. Yes, when it you're gets 65, harder. 70, and no one's gonna want you're you. not going to be – yeah. It, you it, know? It, it, the sad thing is this. Back in the days, right, even in I think Asian culture and stuff like that, the older you get, the more valuable you are. Mm-hmm. Right back in the days when you had like GM being the number one. Well, uh, Fred's been with the company for thirty years. Oh, you know, you watch old movies. Wow, like Fred, go ahead, talk, Fred. Now yeah. it's like Fred's been with the company for thirty years. Like we need to get rid of him. Well, <laughs> you know, not only that, why didn't you excel? Why? Why is this? Yeah, why, is why aren't it, you, you know? top management yeah. right now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like for example, like you know, you, you've been you've been at that same position for twenty years. You could have gone a lot further. People will stereotype you left yeah. and right, and that's hurtful. But, you know what I mean? Well, well, compounding, right, is I really want to put it home that if you invest your money into something, an asset, if you keep on purchasing assets, be it an ETF, for me, it's vending machines. Um, you know, in, uh, me and Peter were talking about investing in homes, right? Yeah. If you put your money there, it's going to grow. If you put your money into a vehicle, it's going to go down. That's the difference between rich people and poor people. Poor people could become rich if they slowly purchase different kinds of assets. Right. And speaking of assets, you guys, make sure you know appreciating asset versus depreciating yes, asset. Yes, and a vehicle big. will always be a depreciating asset unless it's a classic, which 
you know, we're Which not I, even- I actually uh, contemplated about buying because I was like, man, imagine. My wife was like, uh, my wife, my wife was like, I want to. I was like, okay, I think we're good enough where I could like buy a cool car. It's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, no, no think about this. I'm only going to buy a classic car. I'll drive it around really safely for a couple of years and then resell it. <laughs> like, like just like a weekend, whatever car, right? And resell it. She's like, well, it's going to go down in price. I'm like, no. But what about the risk factor of getting hit, bro? Yeah, you, you got to have really good insurance. Yeah, you got to have that classic car you know? insurance. So you guys, you know, make sure you know I, you're I won't depreciating. Do it, That's a terrible idea. <laughs> I know you won't, bro. <laughs> <laughs> know your appreciating asset versus depreciating asset. Yes. And then always look at the circumstances of, you know, how much, you know, the risk factor. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, every every in, every single investment will have a yield. Every single investment will have an average earning. So it'll tell you, okay, in a span of 10 years, the average is 10%. You know, I, I consider that pretty safe. 10% you know? is, uh, uh, I heard, like I said, I'm not a financial advisor, that index fund tied to S&P 500, right? I think that I heard that they're actually going to shorten it to S&P 250 because a lot of these big companies aren't doing too well. And they kind of like get out of the list all the time. Uh-huh. Uh, so if they tie it to that, then usually they say the rate of return is about 10%. Yeah, Very see, safe. so it's pretty safe. Very safe. And that's a good return. That's great, Dude, 10% man. 10% is a great return, when man. When you compound it, if you're adding money every month. Just imagine Dude, this. that's millions. Rule of 72. Every yeah. 7.2 years, you're doubling your money. You know, it's it's amazing. It's it's amazing. I'm talking about just initial and then plus your yeah, monthly. Yeah, that's only if you put it in 1,000. Yeah. 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 So if you keep on adding it. Man, you go. It's, it's endless. You guys can easy. play around. Watch, you're gonna get a lot of people download. You better tell that company, whoever you plug in there, to download the Vanguard. Wealth. <laughs> yeah. Vanguard Fidelity. You know, but you can actually buy their. Uh, you could buy their ETF. You know, what I'm talking about index funds. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of mutual funds um, because there's a lot of like the difference between an index fund and a mutual fund. Right? Is a mutual fund you have to have somebody there that's constantly like trading stocks and buying stocks. Yeah. Every time you trade, they, they charge you a fee. So there's like a yearly uh, trading fee and all this stuff. So you have all these, uh, I wouldn't say they're hidden charges, but they're extra charges. Yeah, they're the brokers. The, the Series the 6 brokers. holders, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, the Series 6 holders. <laughs> I call Is it true? The Series so 663, yeah. That's them. Yeah, series 7? So they're in, they have an incentive to keep on moving the money, A, to make you money, but also to work more to get more money from you. Mm-hmm. Well, if you tie it to uh, the index fund, the index fund they don't charge you for that. So if you go with like uh, a company like Fidelity or whatever, they put it on the index fund, and that index fund, uh, what we call the index fund, is basically the top like two hundred, the top five hundred companies in the United States. So if one company goes down, you're still pretty safe. You know, if one one company, let's like say Apple stock drops. You're tied to so many different companies through that index fund that it's a pretty it's safer than uh, just putting your money into Apple or whatever. Yeah, or just you. one. Yeah, and then no. at the same time, you don't have to keep an eye on it. You don't have to keep an yeah. eye on it, and you shouldn't. It, no, it, seriously, guys, this is the number one tip. If you're putting your money into an index fund, you almost don't want to keep your eye on it. No, because you will go insane. Yeah, and 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 not only that, you guys let go and let it grow. Yeah, let yeah. Let go, let it grow. Dang, Remember, dude, where you coming? Where you coming? You got a pocket full of. <laughs> you got a pocket full of cool stuff to say, man. So, so just remember, just remember, you guys. Number one, treat it like a bill. Yes. Okay, and we know you can pay your bills because you're paying for your car. 
Okay. Terrible investment. Treat it like a bill. Yes. Okay. As a matter of fact, if you're committed to making a $500 car payment, you better be committed to make a $750 investment for yourself. Yes. That's how I look at and it. I'm, you know what? I, I, I don't want to lie. Right. I have a Hyundai. All right. We do have a new Odyssey. It was a terrible idea. Should have got a Sienna, bro. I should have got, I know, A, I should have got a Sienna because this thing breaks down all the time. Right? I've heard. That's right. It got you stranded in the we mountains. Got stranded in the snow in the mountains Honda, for nine hours. if you're hearing this, I think you, I'm petitioning for you to give him a brand new one. Well, or I don't even want that. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Pay him back his money so I can take him to Toyota. Money, yeah. Just get, <laughs> take the money, take the car back. But uh, uh, we're actually trying to petition for uh, a recall. Because it's happened to more than just me. Like I posted on, you know how like Honda has their um, their helpful Honda people, whatever. Yeah, so I've yeah. been putting, I've been putting like, I'm like, dude, like you guys haven't given me a refund for my hotel stay, my wow. four hundred dollar Uber to get off the mountain. Jeez, right? All this other stuff, right? I'm like, you guys haven't paid for any of it. And then on top of that, like all these people are leaving comments. That happened to me too. That happened to me too. That happened to me too. Three people happened to the same mountain, Big Bear. And I'm like, okay, well, there should be a recall. But other than wow, that, right? Honda. Well, it's a bad idea. Okay, we we it was a bad idea. I make stupid calls too. I make big mistakes. No, we all do, and and it's a learning process. Yeah. Again, so, we talk a lot about that in our last podcast too. But but you guys, yeah, treat it like a bill. Okay, know how much you want to grow. Let it go and let it grow. Yeah. Well, one of the things you know? is that's just one way. You could put your money in an account. It's great for employees. Because you do want to have a little bit uh, – well, if you have kids, right, you don't want to be a burden on your children. No. You know, and a lot of us, if we don't care, if we're just like whatever, so we'll just spend our money and at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. You literally are going to be the biggest burden uh, towards your children's success. You know, to be honest, bro, that's one of the things that I – you know, that's biblical, that it says leave an inheritance to your children's children. So that means as I talk a, about that all. That's yeah. one of my goals, man, is to have uh, uh, generational wealth. Yeah, not that, just. And you guys, it, you know, to non Christians, you know, hey, it, you know, think about it. It's generational wealth, mm-hmm. but to the Christians, it's biblical. It's biblical. Yeah. Leave an inheritance to your children's children. So we're, we're not seeing that anymore, yeah. and that's why a lot of people are struggling. Mm-hmm. And 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 so so think about it. If you build enough wealth for you, you're going to leave it from generations to come because you're going to teach the next generation how to do the same thing that you did. You know, it's. It, it, I always tell myself, and when I when I talk to you know you know other men and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I always ask them. I always tell them, no matter what, you're going to leave a legacy. Yes. No matter what. No matter what, you're going to leave a legacy. Are you going to leave a good legacy? You know, where people are like, wow, because of my grandpa or my great-great-great-grandfather, it became like... Or are you going to leave, it was like, you're going to leave a legacy where you're nobody. Like, you didn't do anything for your family. Well, think you about know? this. Like, okay, my heart goes out to these people, so I don't want any kind of backlash on this. Mm-hmm. You don't want to die and have your family... On the street, right? Yeah, absolutely. Trying to trying to get enough money to bury you. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be that kind of. Burden yeah, I mean, on, it, on. it's unfortunate that it, it that it exists. It really is. And again, we're not bashing anybody here, you guys. Nobody at all, whatsoever. Uh, the whole point is that you know you don't want you as as much as possible. You want to stay away from having someone else fund what's needed of you. 
when it's already there for you. Yeah. You could do it for yourself. Get life insurance. People. Yeah. Term. Even, even life insurance. Yeah. Term I life mean, insurance is so cheap. You see it all the time. 25 bucks a month. $25 a month for 300 grand. Yeah. 25 bucks a month for 100000 There's no excuses. Right? Well, uh, so there's two ways. There's two ways I personally look at uh, retirement, right? So I, I want to try to justify that stupid van purchase I made. <laughs> so here it goes. Here it goes. Tax deduction for your vending business. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Boom. I have you a, can. No, I, I can, but, you know, I, I treat it pretty legit. You know, that's my family van. I treat it pretty legit when it comes to stuff like that. But um, the way I do it is... When my wife was like, oh, we want a new van. I'm like, what do you want? I, like, I want a brand new Odyssey. I'm like, okay, you want a brand new van? Let's do it. But I don't want to pay for it. And I don't want you to pay for it. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I will go out. I will put out two more vending machines. The money from those vending machines will pay for the van. I'm not paying for it. So what happens is I collect these assets that pay me monthly, right? Uh-huh. So let's say the the van payment is $450, right? I put out two vending machines and make four fifty a month profit. Let them pay for the van. When the van's paid off, I still have my assets paying. Yeah, there you go. So I'm cool with it. You know, like I'm like, oh, the van breaks down, or I got my little Hyundai, whatever, right? Yeah. When I bought the Hyundai, my wife, I I didn't like say, okay, can we afford this? I asked myself, how can I afford this? Well, I can afford this by putting out two more vending machines. You see, I don't even stock them. I have uh, I have an employee that stocks so I don't even see. I don't even see these. I haven't seen these vending machines for a year and a half. Right, but, but you they know, pay for it. You know what I caught on what you just said. Your vending business is your primary source of income. Yes, but what you did, you ex you 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 separated two vending machines just for the car. Just for the so if you have yeah. 100 vending machines, you're now treating it as if you only have 98. Correct. See? Correct. You guys, just that alone, that that right there is the organization of not cheating yourself and treating it as a bill. Yeah. it's it's uh, We call it financial financial intelligence. Yeah. Which schools don't really teach you about. No. You know, and they that, don't. And that's a rare way. I learned that from uh, Rich Dad Poured Out, the book, about like – Getting assets to pay for you want because there's a story in there how he wanted a 911 Porsche and they couldn't really afford it. And his wife says, You could have it, you just can't pay for it. So, what happens is he's like, Okay, so he took a hundred thousand dollars, which I don't I have no idea what, what 911, how much is the line? I have no idea, probably a hundred thousand. I don't even know what a 911 really is, uh-huh. but, <laughs> but uh, I'm not a car guy. But he took a hundred thousand dollars and what he did was he invested into uh, rental properties. Oh, no, I think he invested to a flip. Okay. He flipped the house. He made $200,000 out of it, right? So what happens is he bought his 911 and he took his $100,000 back and put it back in the bank. See? So in actuality, he spent zero of his own money. Yeah. That's called financial intelligence. Yeah. I mean, you have to put in a little bit of man hours for it. Yeah, you do. But hey, you know what? Nothing's free in life. But you can get as close to free as you can. Yeah. Right? You know, and so, so, yeah, you know, going back to that whole thing, it's like, hey, you guys, just... You know, make it work for you. Find it, find something, and treat it as a bill. You yeah. know, yeah, treat it as a bill. And also, um, one of the ways that me and my wife are gonna have an early retirement. I'm hoping to retire by like forty. Not really retire because that would be too boring. Yeah, but to be able to retire, I think is different from retirement. Is we're saying that if we get up to hundred vending machines, hundred vending machines should yield us about like eighteen thousand a month, and then uh, 
by the time we pay employees, we'll probably bring home around like twelve thousand five hundred a month. That's already net after taxes. That's net. Okay. That's net. So there you go. Twelve thousand five hundred a month. Boom. Retired. Yeah. Right. But I can't retire because I haven't hit my goal of hiring thirty people. Can't do it, man. Until all these, uh, until uh, all these single parents have jobs. No, that's my goal is to hire a bunch of single parents. Well, well, the hard thing is this, man. Like you, and you know this more than anyone. You know, your wife is a stay-at-home wife right now, mm-hmm. and sometimes you know it gets hard. And you want the hard thing is for her to find a decent-paying job that could work around the hours of dropping the kids off and picking them up. Right, like it's almost impossible. Right, right. like what other jobs offer that? Well, I want to be. I want to have my vending machine be that job, where I could pay somebody twenty bucks an hour to go fill up, drop off your kid, come fill up the vending machines, drop off the supplies, go pick up your kid, and you're done for the day. Now, I'll give you twenty bucks an hour plus mileage to do it. Yeah, who? Yeah. No one could do that. Oh, your kid's sick. Call off. It's okay. I'm not nothing against you. Go. You know, I've done it, and I've created. Uh, really loyal employees yeah because you, know? you have that flexibility yeah i give them that flexibility no one's offering them that you know but um that's another way so either you could create a, a business that has enough assets so you could retire right or create enough wealth from your business to retire or and or you could put your money in the market which i, I won't put a little bit in the market because it, that that growth, man, that growth is insane. For me to not take a hold of it, yeah. I recognize it. You know, I, I see it. I'm like, ten percent. Okay, let's do it for yeah. the next thirty years. Well, I'll it, put a little money. And there. you guys, there's going to be a lot of people out there that um, you know, they say, oh, well, you don't know where the market's going and everything. But you know what? No one does. No one knows. And at where the same going. time, but at the same time, if it's if you look at the past history of forty years, there's going to be an average yield, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, and yeah. you can pretty much bank years. on that. Yeah, no, 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 close to hundred years. Now, you, you, you can the bank on those averages. You yeah. can, you know, and it's still better than keeping it in your savings account at point yes. zero 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 one five, whatever it may be. And that's an annual percentage yield as well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so you you might you, you can have three thousand dollars in your bank account, and you'll make like twelve cents a month. Twelve cents. You know, you lose so, money because yeah. of inflation. Exactly. So, so. We'll, uh, that, that's a really good tip. Put a little. You could put a little money in the market. You could use your money to buy assets for your business. Uh, like Peter said, he's he's gonna use his money for flipping houses. That money has to work for you. You should not be working for money all the time. There are times where you you have to work for money, but if you consistently just do that, you'll never get wealthy. No, you know, because like you're only good. Uh, one of the things that like Peter saw on my Facebook is I always try to tell people, man, hours should not equal money. Because when you put hours and money together, you're not going to make that much. Mm-hmm. You're, you're limited. Yeah. Creativity, assets, equal money. Because nice. creativity is, is flexibility. The hardest thing in the next coming 20 years, man, I feel so bad for like 18-year-olds now. Because imagine you go to college, right? You study for a job. And 20 years from now, that job doesn't even exist. <laughs> like that yeah. job is taken over by a robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. You know, they're yeah. doing uh, they're doing like cancer research to find like um, uh, like polyps, like breast cancer mm, and okay. stuff. Like, I don't know what it's called for breast cancer. I'm not a woman, so um, 
whatever it is, right? And they said that the doctor's eye is not as good as a robot's eye to see if there's any cancerous cells in there or cancer growing. It's like, and then, so they're saying the x-ray techs may not have work in the next 10 years. <laughs> wow. Just because it is true. Like a, a robot could scan something and be like, I found this, this, and this. What is the x-ray? You know, that's going to be is. So be careful what you pick in the future. Yeah. Be very careful, but invest, invest in something. Number one thing, invest in yourself. Yeah. Constantly learn. And, and, and you guys, you can always start. 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks. It's a start. Treat it as a bill. Treat it as a bill. That's yeah. the smartest thing. Treat it as a bill. Then you have no excuses. The scariest thing is, um, man, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I, I used to pull up to the red light, look around, and be like, dang, that guy has a new Mustang GT, whatever, right? This other guy has a Range Rover. I'm like, dang, I wish I would live their life. And now I'm driving. I stop at the light. I'm like, damn, that must suck for this guy. That must suck for this guy, too. <laughs> <laughs> like that was a big bill for him. Unless yeah. you're a multi-multi-millionaire and those things are a drop in the bucket, yeah. we're talking. To, we're not talking to you. We're talking to the people that that are that are wanting those things, but can't afford it, but they can get it. Yeah, like uh, like um, I have a neighbor, right? And the kid bought a brand new. I don't know some kind of like two like coupe, you know, uh, two door, right? And back in my head, I'm like. I wish I talked to this kid before because that cool car has guaranteed him living at his mom's house for that much longer. <laughs> and and, and the, sad thing is that, the sad thing is that I don't think they have no plans on moving out. Yeah. It, yeah, that's terrible. Right now, yeah. it, man, there's a lot of people. I'm 35. Peter's 40, right? So there's a lot of people our age. They're still living at home. They can't get out. That's true. And they can get out. I know a couple of people. I know a lot of people. Yeah. You know, they can't get out because... A couple eight, is 20. Yeah. <laughs> a couple hundred for me. So the, the hard thing is this. Like, they they have nice cars. Yeah. They have nice whatever. You know, new watch, brand new clothes. Wow. But they still live at mom's house. And what's funny is, you know, in your 30s, in your 20s, whatever, you have a nice car because you want to attract a girl. Well, most of the times, guys buy nice cars to a impress other guys, right? Yeah, and then to attract girls, right? You ain't gotta do much attraction if you live in your mom's house. Well, here's another thing, and by the way, to all you men that are like that, you know who you are. We don't have to talk further into it. If that's what you're doing, you're not gonna get a good girl. No, 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 no. You screw. And I'll tell you right now, brother. When the the, the first when I met my wife. Um, I had two cars. I had a an, an older Honda Prelude. It was an '84 Honda Prelude. Ooh, fancy! And, and then I had a '98 Prelude, which is, had the bells and whistles on it. Yeah, you know. I, I by the way, the Prelude is um, the Honda Prelude. Is the Asians, uh, <laughs> the Asians equivalent to having a Mustang. Yeah, there you go. And so, it's yeah, a Corvette it's like, of the Asian world. <laughs> you know, I she she knows that you know. I didn't have much at the time. I didn't show her everything, you know, all that stuff. And besides, I was still in school, I, yep. you know. And, uh, yeah, and, and I didn't have to show off a nice car to get my wife. What's funny is we have yeah. the same story, man. Dang, dude. We're like brothers. We're like twins, Boom, bro. bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? God ordained, bro. I got to show you a new thing. You got to show your uh, your kids. Watch this. Potato. Potato. French fries. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. 
Like, I love dad jokes. My kids think it's terrible, but I think it's hilarious. So, uh, when I met my wife, my first day, I was coming back from a breakdancing event, right? And you guys see breakdances. I breakdance. I still do it. My knee's a little screwed up, but I still do it every once in a while just for fun. Not crazy moves, but, uh, so when I was coming back, I was coming back from a breakdancing event. I called her. I got her number. She, I, I met her at uh, a hookah bar, actually. She was celebrating her birthday. I met her at a hookah bar, right? This gorgeous girl. Got her number. And I called her. And I was like, look, I want to be real with you. Okay? I am so broke. <laughs> like, I'm so broke. I've been breakdancing. I'm broke because I'm a counselor. I watch um, gang members, like 18-year-olds that just get out of juvenile hall. They come to my residential living facility for six months to finish out the probation. I don't get paid much. I break dance on the side. I can't even afford to give you a meal. Like I'm just calling you because I really like you, right? I can't afford to get you a meal, but if you like, if you don't mind st- uh, sitting next to a stinky break dancer that can't afford getting you a meal, I'd like to take you out to dinner. And she said yes. Nice. And, uh, and I was like, oh, you know, I picked her up. We went to Norm's. We had a splitter meal because she was broke too. <laughs> Boom! I love it. We had a split I love a meal. it. We split a meal, and we've almost been married for ten years. I love it. And see, so you guys, you don't need to have a nice car to have a great wife. I've been married sixteen years, bro. Wow, well, I've been married for sixteen <laughs> years. Whew. How'd you pull that off, man? I don't know, man. You know what? We're gonna do a podcast about marriage. There's yeah. a lot of cool tips. Uh, I've been blessed enough to help a lot of people through like some marriage hardships and I've been blessed enough to survive marriage hardships, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Cause it, they do come. Yeah. They of course. Come. Of course. You know, it, it's not a pretty picture all the time and you know, that's how you guys grow as well. Yeah. We'll definitely have another podcast on that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But if you, uh, a don't buy, don't buy too many liabilities. Yes. Depreciating assets. Depreciating assets. Yeah. I don't even like to call them assets because they do nothing. <laughs> the only reason why we do is because for, yeah, for definition, it is an asset. <laughs> it is an asset. It is an asset. I don't know why, but it is called an asset. But you want to you wanna have more stuff making you money than losing money. It's a very simple game. Yeah. It's a very simple game. I have, I was going to tell you this hilarious story that my wife is going to cringe listening to. I may have to go to counseling after this. We have this couch at home. We got it for free when we moved into our house. We're broke, right? This fake leather couch and the sides of it has been ripping and the kids have been picking the cotton out of it. Oh. My wife is like, where are we going to buy a couch? Where are we going to buy a couch? And I make good money, you know? And I was like, well, I have to hit this goal first. When I hit the goal of 80 vending machines, I'll get you a brand new whatever set you want. And people think it's insane. When they show up to my house, I just have this ghetto couch cover and, they're, and they really think like, this guy's totally lying about how much money he's making. But the way I see it, I'm like, Dude, I cannot get a new couch until I hit this number because if I keep on buying yeah. stuff, yeah. if I keep on like making my house look uh, crazy nice or whatever, I'm not going to have enough money to uh, explode my business. And I'm at that verge. You, you, you know exactly – you probably know exactly what I'm talking about where I have to invest and I could barely like pay all my bills and invest at the same time. Yeah. But if you don't invest at that time – you're never going to be able to do anything. And you're, it's going to be harder to hit the next level, you know? Yeah. See, that and that's next the level, thing. It's, it's hard. You it's know what's hard. so funny about that couch story? I had the same exact, I had the same exact couch story. <laughs> we had this Dang. couch, bro. 
And and my wife, my watch, wife. trust me, have her tell you the story in this. The the leather was chipping off. Yeah, yeah, that's and it was it leaves <laughs> flakes everywhere, bro. I don't know it why Asians love bedroom. leather couches. And, and then and then and then yeah, my wife, we would we would put you know. Uh, um, We'd wrap it really well with the, the cover. king size cover, the king size blankets. We were using bed covers, bro. We Damn, didn't even have a super couch. Filipino. We were covering it, <laughs> and then what I did was that you know I would I would cut up old t shirts and I would glue the inside so that the ripple doesn't get bigger. <laughs> we had That's that couch crazy. for like four or five years extra after I started ripping up till we found a new, we, we bought a new couch. I just kept telling my wife, no, we, we got to wait until we hit X amount. Yes. It's, you guys, don't you see the parallel here? We have that similarity, bro, because you know what? You got to know where your priorities are. Yes. A couch is nice, but it's also a depreciating asset. Yes. Okay, so at the end of the day, if if your if your goals are going to be prohibited because of your your depreciating asset, you guys got to make that decision. Just because your couch has a rip, it doesn't mean you need a two thousand dollar couch right away. I and here's another thing: fit your belongings with your with your living, yes, with yes. your lifestyle. Don't we were talking about this, you know, again in the other podcast. You know, don't you know if. If you have a an old house built in the sixties, don't buy a house that's designed to be in a four dollar man four hundred four million dollar mansion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like they have these leather couches at Costco for like four thousand bucks. Don't put it in your two bedroom apartment. You, <laughs> you see so what I'm true. saying? It, you know you, what? You that, that is crazy that people like it's live true, in bro. these luxury apartments. It's true, and they have to get. Oh, oh, I was uh, I put on Facebook one time. It was like, uh, oh, uh, you know, like there's a lot of people like, oh, zero percent down, whatever advertisements, yeah. right? And some girls like, I'm, I'm not gonna buy a house unless I have enough money to furnish it. And what's the point of having a home if it's not gonna look nice? Yeah. In the back of my head, I'm like, you're gonna be broke forever, girl. See? If you're gonna keep that way, you're gonna be broke forever. See, that's because you thing, don't understand. Man. You, 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 you got, you gotta fit your living. Would you know your your lifestyle into the way you live? You can't you can't just force your way into things. You know it's like you. I see it. You see an 80, 80 inch TV at the store. You want to put it in your I one bedroom. I do see it. Yeah. <laughs> Every time, I'm like wow. You know, it, but but think yeah, about just it. Get me. Yeah. yeah. Would you put that in your living room, Never. bro? It's like no. Never. It's you know. What to show off to people? My mom is so hardcore. She had this old like the CRTs, you know, yeah, the old CRT TVs, <laughs> the ones where you had that like five guys to carry a thirty-two inch, yeah, right? Yeah, and it finally broke down. And it was in her living room, and this is one lesson I learned for her. She takes it to the extreme, you know, which is okay. You know, um, her TV broke down in in March, and she was like, "I need a new TV. What am I do when my guests come over?" I'm like, "You could just go buy one, mom." Um, too bad you're not close enough to Black Friday where we could just get what you want for cheap, right? And she's like, when's Black Friday? I'm like, November. She's, she's like, waiting? She's like, I'll wait. Not, <laughs> whoa! Dude, I love it. I love it. I love it. And my, I'm going to tell you the truth. My mom uh, never made more than like, I don't know, $16 an hour, right? But before you move forward, let me ask you this. Yeah, go ahead. Is she comfortable today? Very comfortable. She's comfortable. We had uh, my my grandpa passed away last month, right? And you know how when like people pass away, it's kind of it's a bad thing, but at the same time, it's a good thing because all your family kind of gets together. Yeah, and it turns into a pretty happy time, at least for my experience. Everyone's sitting around, we're talking about old stories, cool stuff, right? And then um, 
I have aunts that have like master's degrees and stuff like that. And we all sit around, we're all sitting around and they go, just be like your mom. Your mom's the richest out of all of us. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're at my mom's house because she has the biggest house. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's the only one that could fit everyone. Right. And um, her house paid off. She paid off her house in 10 years. Right. Paid it off. Uh, and her house is worth around like $900,000 right now. She works part time and uh, she has rentals. So she has a six bedroom house. She rents out uh, four of the bedrooms. Her house is paid off. She still works full time. She's about to get a pension from the school district because she's, she's a food server. Uh huh. Right? So you make, you put all those down. My mom's a millionaire. See? A millionaire that was just extremely frugal. She, keyword frugal. Frugal. Do not live above your means. No. See, that right there is the key. You can make whatever money. I don't know if that's biblical, but it's probably no, somewhere she, in there. She's, she's just, you know, a lot, if not, then it's common sense. You know, common, just live above your means, but also increase your means and live below that increase. Yep. Yeah, I, don't, exactly. I don't want you guys to just think like, you know, you know, be broke forever, but you could, you could afford whatever you want. But how much are you making? Up, uh, up your income. You yeah, know, you live comfortable. And, and look, you know, this is this this is a fact. I have actually shrank my cost of living from ten years ago. I have. True, true. Tell us about true that. story. You know, I went from a nine close to nine thousand dollar a month cost of living, and I'm down to less than five thousand a month cost of living in a five person household with a dog. Yep, and, now, that and dog is yeah. a liability for we, sure. We made a yeah, we made adjustments. <laughs> we we just made adjustments, you know, and and you know, there's many ways to adjust, and we're happy. You, you know what? One thing is you adjusted because you actually took a financial hit, uh, yep. in order to improve your kids' life and your family life. Your your wife is now full time at home. Yeah, so and imagine that's, that's a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. Whatever she was making, gone. You and, know, and you know, uh, much props to your wife. Because mentally, that's a hit, too. That's hard. Like, yeah. if you're working your whole life, and all of a sudden, you're going to be like, I'm going to sacrifice for my kids. That's a hard thing to do mentally, too. Yeah. You know? More it, power it, to her. You, and, and to all the stay-at-home moms or dads, hey, it's a full-time job. It's a full-time job. I'm good. I'll just fill up machines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I look at my wife. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I can't do that. <laughs> I try to. Like, when she does sessions, uh, we're at the studio right now. She does sessions at the studio. I'm like, okay, well, I'll take care of the kids. And I could do it for three hours. And and we got to the point where just like because uh, we homeschool our kids, we got to the point where it's like okay, when I take care of the kids, it's just fun time. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go out to go to the theme park or something. Taking the John's Incredible. Yeah, we'll go to John's Incredible. <laughs> come home and then they'll do their schoolwork later because I can't handle it. I can't. I don't know what I'm. A, I'm not that great at that kind of uh, I, you know English and math and stuff. Even though they're like third graders, I'm not good at teaching it. <laughs> common Core. Yeah, Common Core. I have dude Common Core. <laughs> No understanding. And yeah, I was teaching my kids how to add or subtract. And they're like, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it yeah. wrong. And I'm like, no. It's like this. When they turn in their work, they got it all wrong because it's not common because core. Because it's not common core, yeah. I don't even know what common core is, dude. I don't, what's the purpose of common core? Do you know? I have no idea. We can make that into <laughs> a different podcast. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if we could make it because we don't know enough about it. Yeah. But um, so investing, right? Two ways. I invest in my business. I have assets. Um, the reason why I started vetting machines is because most people that talk about passive income, 
have rental properties. A, I did not have enough money to uh, to buy a rental property and to have the cap rate, which is like the your t- return on your investment, enough where like it was even feasible, right? Uh, B, I don't. I'm in California. I don't want a rental property in California. Me and we were me just talking about, about this. Yeah. We don't want a rental property in California because they're not landlord friendly. Yeah. So what was the closest thing? And uh, I was reading a book. I mean, I was listening to a book, which I do often. Oh, let me restart the video. Give me a quick set. I think we're heading. I think we're at fifty minutes, bro. Are we? Yeah, because the last one was twenty. You stopped at a twenty. We'll end up pretty soon. Oh, yeah. We're in an hour. Jeez. It's an hour. It's 1122. Jeez. Um, okay. So I, I didn't have enough money to do that. So I was reading a book, and this book said, like, there's this boy who bought some gumball machines because he wanted to make some money, and his dad refused to give him a uh, allowance. So he gave him an amount of money to invest and to pay him back the investment and to keep the asset, he started gumball machines. So when I saw that, I was like, well, I'm going to do vending machines. It's been like three years now. That's nice, vending. man. And it grew like pretty quick. So you could either do something like that where you could cr- get some assets to pay for your retirement or you could put money uh, into the market. Yeah. You know? There you go. And, and don't forget to get a, a life insurance. Yes. Term. term. Especially if you have a family. Yeah, I'm not big into perm. Are you? Which well, well, you know, I I really don't want to dive into it, but there are tax tax advantages. Yeah, it's tax free, right? Yeah, the growth is tax free. Yeah, you know, be, you know, being that it's attached to an insurance policy, but you know, you want to talk to you know a, an insurance guy about that. So you know, I mean, there are ins and outs on those. So yeah, I you think know. It grows at five percent. I don't know, something like that. I, I haven't seen one that was worth my wild, personally. That's all I could really say about yeah. it because I, I don't really know too much about it. But all right, guys. Well, Peter, man, dude, we've been here for a while. My butt's starting to hurt. <laughs> I know, right? Me too. <laughs> but Peter, thank you, man. You know what? You're uh, you're the yin to my yang, brother. <laughs> it's crazy how we have so many uh, similar stories. Yeah, bro. Well, you know. Great minds think alike. Yeah, growing up, he's Filipino. I look Filipino. So, you know, close enough. <laughs> You're what? In Chinese? Indonesian? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Chinese. Cambodian? Yeah, I could be Cambodian. Uh, I could be half Samoan. I could be Hawaiian. Right. I could be whatever, you know. I, I'm all, I was I, I did my 23. Have you ever done 23 of me? No. Dude, as a Filipino, you should do it. Really? Because Filipinos, when they do it, it's so mixed. It's really cool to see, like... Where your uh, ancestry is from? It's kind of like it's really amazing. Mine's super boring. I'm Chinese. I'm sixty percent Chinese, forty percent Vietnamese. Oh, okay. And that's it. I didn't even know I was Vietnamese until I did the test. And when I was asking around, everyone denied it until I talked to my grandma. My grandma was like, "No, your grandpa's Vietnamese." I'm like, "Duh, well, there duh, it is. There it is." <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Peter. Well, thank you for joining me. Uh, I will see you next week, brother. All right, for Please, sure. Uh, please leave the comments below. We'd love to answer any questions you have. Um, we're here for you. We want to help you out, you yeah. know? And if you guys have any, you know, nuggets for us, hey, we're open for it. Throw yeah. it, man. I'm Like I said, yeah. dude, I'm, I'm as dumb as it gets. <laughs> I'm as dumb as it gets. There's a lot of stuff I don't know. 
You know, that's why I call myself dumb. I don't really think I'm I'm dumb, but why why is, I always say I'm dumb because it's the humbling. There's word. so much stuff I have to learn, man. <laughs> yeah, there is. There actually, nothing. It's endless, you guys. It's endless. Yeah. I know nothing. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. We'll hear from you soon. Thank you. Peter. All right.